0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Modern Creative Podcast. Today, we're revisiting one of your favorite episodes, episode number 58, where Joyce and I chat about how we transition from our side hustle to full-time creative entrepreneur. If this is something that you're
1: interested in learning about, keep listening. Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. Listen in as we connect with other creative entrepreneurs and have real conversations about life, business, and everything in between. Owning a creative business doesn't have
0: to be confusing or overwhelming, and you don't have to go at it alone. It's absolutely possible to be successful as a modern creative, and we want to help you to go after your own creative dreams. Welcome to the Modern Creative Podcast. So today's episode is just going to be Joyce and I talking about questions that we received from you on Instagram. And we primarily wanted to focus on how to transition from a side hustler to owning a full time creative business. So let's just dive right in.
1: We have so many tidbits, you guys. Like if you are a longtime listener, you already know, Diana and I, we plan for our episodes. We don't just get on here and start spouting things. So we have so many notes (laughs) to share with you guys. This might be the longest like notes we've ever had for an episode, Diana. But let's just get started with first things first and being ready and doing your research. If you're looking to transition to full-time I really encourage you to do your research, make sure that the business that you want to create has an audience, there's a marketplace for it versus it being completely 100% what you wanna do, right? And so what I mean by that is maybe something you wanna do, you wanna build your business from is super niche and you really, really enjoy it, but you're not sure if there's a marketplace for it. You don't know if someone at the end of the day is going to buy a product or service from you, Make sure that there is. So that's really easy to do. It's really easy to just gather your research and ways that you can do that. Obviously, you're going to start with Google. Google the key terms that your business would be about, like online creative business or faceless watercolor portrait business. (laughs) And the first hit will be chasing linen. But just make sure that maybe there's something similar. And even if you don't want to do that exact thing, um, if there's something similar enough, you should be pretty okay. Also look at Etsy. So, you know, Etsy is mostly product-based, but people do put their services on there too. So search there. If there's some idea that you have about a business, see if someone's already offering something similar. Um, search social media and see what people are posting on there. You can also do some product testing. So let's say you're a product-based business. This could also go for services too, I think, but get your offering out there and see what happens. So maybe that means you have a beta launch for a course, for example, or maybe you offer your service at a lower rate or a pro bono rate just to see if someone will take you up on that offer. If you do do that, like tangent, get some kind of social proof or a testimonial if you're going to do something pro bono, but that's another way that you can test your idea just to see if there's an audience for it.
0: I think the cool thing about starting a business is also that there's so much room for pivoting. So I love what you just said, Joyce, about like, just try it out and see what happens. See if there's a response. Because, you know, for both Joyce and I, we started with different business plans going into it. Like I was trying to be a stationary line and Joyce was trying to be a calligrapher and our businesses has shifted. Like for me, I pivoted within the stationary world under that umbrella, but Joyce has, done something completely different with the similar audience. So you just never know what's going to come out of trying something new.
1: Yeah, and you never know until you get started too. So while I am suggesting when you're just starting to do your research and see what happens, don't feel like you have to stick with that, like Diana mentioned, but also be okay with pivoting again, like Diana mentioned. However, I want to point out that I encourage you not to be 17 years into your business and every year you have pivoted to something oh, completely yes. different. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I so, feel so strongly about yeah. that. So it's like- Give no, it a year. Yeah, give it time too. Like give, give your idea time and then you'll really figure out like, for me, I absolutely do not want to do weddings. You know, after I did it for, I probably tried for like six months or something. I'd booked a few weddings and events and I was like, I really, this is my last one. I can't do it. But like Diana mentioned, like I stayed within the same realm. So try different things in that bubble of whatever your passion is and then see what sticks. I also wanted to mention, you know, when you're looking to make this transition, this transition time from being fully like a student or being um, employed by someone else to being your own boss, that is the biggest like my like that will that mess with my mind. I almost cursed. I don't want to mark this one explicit, so I'm not going to, but (laughs) (laughs) that messed with my head, like mindset. I never that was not something I ever paid attention to when I was clocking in and out every day, right? But you know, the transition to go to full time totally messed with me. And in order for me to, I don't know, feel more stable or secure or to have a schedule still, because if I went from having a schedule to like having no schedule and having a whole say on how I spent my days, I think I wouldn't have been that productive. I had a bridge job. So I call it a bridge job, a transition job, whatever that is. But from the day that I quit my full-time job, June 2nd, 2017, until the end of uh, 2017, I had a job managing a bar studio in San Francisco. Like shout out Avant Bar if you're in San Francisco, go get your butt kicked but I managed a bar studio there in the city and I felt good because Monday to I don't remember Thursday I had to show up for like 4 hours a day you know at a place and work which was really helpful for me because it helped me figure out when I felt more productive how I could balance different things because when you own your business you're not just like creating and you're not just doing admin tasks like there's a variety of things there so it helped me figure out like what p- part of the day I was better at doing certain things so There's no shame in a bridge job. I know a lot of entrepreneurs that are doing really well now, and they're like, no, I quit my job and I worked at Starbucks for six months so that I had the flexibility to build my business, the flexibility that my nine to five didn't give me. So that's another thing to consider if you're transitioning to full time. You don't have to jump right into it right away. You can get that kind of in-between job. And my last point with the whole like being ready and doing your research and all of thats that you're never going to feel 100% ready. I can't say that enough. You will never feel 100% ready. It will never be 100% the perfect time, but you can start your side hustle and learning about your audience and what you do and you don't like while you're still at your nine to five. So you just have to be smart with the time that you have to work on your business because if your goal is not to be a side hustler forever, like if your goal is to be a side hustle forever, do you. But if your goal is to transition to full time, you can't just spend evenings and weekends like practicing calligraphy in my case, or like inconsistently posting on social media or, I don't know, adding one thing to Etsy every quarter. Like you have to be consistent. And I feel like in order to be consistent with things, you have to be really aware of the time you have and be smart with that time. And Once you get into this pattern of being really smart with your time and knowing when you're the most productive, I think that's when you're going to start to see business growth as a side hustler. And then it might feel easier for you to then quit your day job, maybe transition to a bridge job and then go full on full time or whatnot. But you're never going to feel 100% ready, but you can start to build this business exactly where you're at now.
0: So good. And I was gonna say, even with the bridge job, there's truly, like what Joy says, no shame in it. Because I feel like sometimes, like, even if you don't necessarily need the finances, which I can't imagine that that's probably the reason, but if you're like, It
1: it wasn't finances, guys, I left a job in tech. And I love that bar studio. But I was managing a bar studio did not match my salary.
0: (laughs) But at the same time, I think what is cool is that you could also, it just gives you like emotional support because a lot of jumping into your full time business is very like scary. It's really scary. So I think even a bridge shop can help kind of alleviate some of those like anxieties going into it. And then while you're working on your business, you start to gain more momentum and confidence and then you could jump in. So I feel like the bridge job serves multiple purposes.
1: Oh my gosh, my bridge job too. They're so great. Like I love that studio. It's like anyone who's ever worked there, it's like a family. I just saw them a couple weeks ago for like happy hour. But if you look at my first like YouTube videos about calligraphy, they're filmed in the bar studio because the owner was like, if you want to work on your business while you're here and it's not, like, class time, like, there wasn't a bar class, she didn't care because I had been working there part-time. It was, like, my fun job for, like, a few years before that. that. so sweet. Yeah, like, I don't know, I hit a wall and I was like, no, I need to quit my job, but I don't know what I'm going to do. And she, this is like one of several businesses she owns. And so she was like, well, I'm really busy with like the brokerage, like they do real estate, her and her husband. So can you manage the bar studio for six months? And I was like, perfect. Like it just happened. Right. So I guess that's another thing too. If you want to do this, let people know. I'm looking to go full time or I want to quit my day job and I'm trying to find like that transition job. That's what happened to me. If I didn't speak up, the owner of the bar studio would have never known. And then, you know, it all worked out. And then I filmed my first YouTube videos (laughs) at the studio.
0: That's a beautiful story right there. Mm. (laughs) I agree. But yeah, I think being intentional about... Kind of like where you're at currently, where you want to go with other people, because then people get to be a part of that journey. Like I'm sure a lot of people at your bar studio now are like, "Oh my gosh, look at Joy! She's
1: killing it! She's doing what she said that she would do." So I think that's really cool. Yeah, they're super. I'm gonna put the link in the bio. Actually, when we interviewed Lex from Punk Post, she's a client of theirs, so that's how we were connected. So we'll also link Lex's episode. In the show notes, but yeah, and it might even give you a chance to be in a community, like Diana said, or it might just be for the scheduling. Like I said, I know people who have like worked at Starbucks, left well-paying jobs, worked at Starbucks to get their business going, and now their business is doing really well. So that's just another tip. We're going to stop talking about the British job, but we're mentioning it because I don't think a lot of people talk about it. I think a lot, of it feels as if, oh, I worked this day job and then I suddenly made a million dollars in six months. Sometimes that's what it feels like with social media, right? A lot of people don't talk about this in between. So that's an option for you if you really cannot stand the day job that you're in right now. Just throwing it out there. So you guys know I'm very, like, I love to do lists and I love steps. Diana is an action taker, she also loves to do and act and take action so we wanted to share some steps on getting started because this is one of the questions we got it was but actually like what are the steps to get started to the transition to full-time so we're answering that here so it comes down to having something to sell that you know has an audience ties back to what i said about research right you need to have something to offer people in exchange for money Because then you are a business. (laughs) So be really clear on what your offer is, what your packages are, what your pricing is. This will shift. Do not feel like you are locked into this and do not feel like you cannot raise your prices eventually as you get more experience. But initially, you obviously have to have something to sell to people. Also, like I mentioned, make sure that your prices are in alignment and also make sure that you can confidently like stand behind them. Yes, I charge. $100 for this, for example, not like, oh, I don't know, I guess I kind of like, I'll take 100. There's a difference there, right? And if you want more pricing information, definitely check out our episode, episode 26, which talks all about that. And we'll link it again in the show notes. When you're getting started, it's also super, super important to get your legal ducks in a row. And so check out our episode with Annette Stepanian, episode 30, also linked, like I said, where she talks all about contracts and we also answer a lot of our audience's questions when it comes to anything legal in business. You also want to make sure that you have a place to sell your services or products. So is that a website? Is that Etsy? I feel like a lot of people are starting their e-commerce site because- Mm. Shopify? Yeah, but, but I feel like they're like, oh, I'm trying to stay away from Etsy. There's nothing wrong with starting on Etsy because of that built-in audience as you build your business and you build your brand. And we know, like we had Jenny from Happily Ever Etched, right? They Mm -hmm. still have their Etsy, even though she has a really well-known brand. Same thing with Acel SF. And
0: KLSD, so many of them. And they have like different strategies behind their e-commerce site and Etsy. So that's pretty cool too.
1: Yeah, so don't just have a place to sell. Like you need that to get started. And if that place is Etsy because it's the quickest and because like I said, it has that built-in audience who's ready to buy, go ahead and do it. And then you can build your own site later. It's also really important to have a marketing plan and to sell. So just setting things up online on your Etsy, for example, is not enough. So being in business means you're actually actively selling something, promoting something. But you can do this in a way that feels good to you because I understand that a lot of people are scared of sales. So even if you're at uncomfortable at first, it is, one, important that you are pretty constantly promoting something. But it doesn't have to be something that's in your face like, buy for me, buy for me, book for me. Like, there are sales tactics that you can research or, yeah, like soft sell hard sells, like there's ways that you can do this in a way that feels good. And hopefully you're not feeling like a used car salesman, but it is important that you do have a plan on what you're selling, when you're selling, how often you're selling, because you're going to see it reflected in your revenue. Obviously, if you're not constantly sharing something, then you're going to see your revenue dip. And my last tip for you to getting started um, with this transition to full time and starting your business even is to stay patient. So this is the long game. This is a long journey. Diana mentioned earlier, there will be pivots. You're going to change. Your audience might want something different. You're going to get a brilliant idea and that's going to lead to a pivot. There's going to be twists and turns, but you have to stay patient and just, you have to write it out even when it's uncomfortable, even when it feels hard. If this is truly what you want, if this is truly something that ties back to like your big mission and your big why in life, you have to stay patient. I know that's hard. I'm not a patient person. I have road rage. But you know what helps? Having creative business friends to bounce things off of. So Diana, thank you for being one of those people for me.
0: (laughs) It's the best. And of course, we can't forget our weekly shout outs to Sheena. (laughs) And Sheena.
1: I know. I'm like, it's a thing. (laughs) It's because I know she's listening right this instant. She's listening. So yes, I have Diana and I have Sheena and I bounce things off like, man, this feels like it's taking too long. This feels hard. That's when your creative business friends who completely understand you come in.
0: That's awesome. And that's actually a perfect transition because I'm going to be talking about what to do once you become full-time. So definitely get on that creative community if you haven't start building that. I would definitely start building those relationships. And for me, I just wanted to share really quick like the first 3 years of my business, I would say I was pretty much solo. I did have some friends here and there that I kind of knew did similar things, but they were more like acquaintance friends or like Instagram friends. Um and it wasn't really until this past maybe a little over a year now that I've really started to go out to community events or networking events and just try to get to know people, whether they are, you know, people that I I look up to or in a similar level as me or someone that I can teach, whatever that looks like. Surrounding yourself with people who are like minded, who have a similar life stage as you, I think is so, so important. And honestly, it's even strategic for your business growth. Okay, so a question that I received from you on Instagram was how to balance personal projects versus paying projects. So I love this question because I think all creatives struggle with this. So, one thing that I would challenge you is with let's look at your increase, the increase that you're receiving on a regular basis. Are they aligning with what you want to do or are they not something that you want to do? Like when you're getting increased, are you excited to take that project on outside of the monetary value or are you like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it only because I'm getting paid for it? Because that's a really good indicator of whether you should do personal projects or not. For me personally, In the beginning, I really didn't care what I had to do to start making a living for myself. And I think that's okay to do in the beginning. I also didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. So if someone was gonna pay me for me to figure out